Welcome to Walking with God, Pat Barry and Jeff Quinto's podcast, where Pat and Jeff talk about their walk with Christ. My name is Pat Barry, And my name is Jeff Quinto. And about every two weeks, Pat and I get together and we talk about our walk with Christ. So this week, what are we going to talk about, Pat? Money. Ooh, it's money, money, money. It's the root of all evil. Show me the money. Show me the money. Money's the root of all evil. We've all heard that. Heard yeah. that growing up. Heard it a lot, right? Yeah. We've all heard it. Money. It's the root of all evil. Why? It's even biblical, right? Oh. Not quite. Well, not exactly. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6.10, he says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. You see, that's what it's really saying. But we read that and we repeat Money's the root of all evil. Blaming money for everything. Is it really the money that's the problem, you think? No. And if you read that, money isn't the problem. It's the love of money, which is the root of all kinds of evil. Boy, it'd be hard to dispute that, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. I think we're going somewhere with this. I think you're right. You know, that on its own starts to, to conjure up different images than we had before. But I always like, I always like, Getting context because, um, you know, what does what was around this statement? What was came before it? What came after it? Because just from this statement, you could say, well, money itself isn't bad, which is true. Money is just a tool, right? Mm. It's a tool to be used. It can be used for good or for bad. But there's there's certainly a warning here. But then, so I think we need to expand this and get some context to this statement. Yeah, re- read it in the the whole of it. So often when you take one sentence out of scripture. You take that as in, say, aha, this can't be right. Or you say, this is the whole story, and it isn't. It's more complicated than that. And we're meant to look at the whole of the story. So we start with 1 Timothy 6, starting at the third verse. We read, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words, that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind, who have been robbed of the truth, and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Uh Uh-oh. We go on. The verse 6 tells us, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich, fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with great griefs. Holy cow. This says something much fuller and much different, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's more complicated, and it, it gets to the point of this, isn't it? This money is uh, the root of all kinds of evil. That would be for sure. But it isn't the money. The money is just a tool. It's the way we use money, the way we covet money, the way we base our lives on having money that leads to all kinds of bad things, doesn't it? Yes, including uh, conceited, you know, not understanding, causing friction. Mm. And they look at their faith as a way to gain financially. I thought that was kind of interesting because Mm -hmm. we've talked about prosperity gospel in the past. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a new creation. No, it's not. It's it's (laughs) always been around, which that was one of the things I found really interesting. Oh, you know, there were people in the first century that thought the same thing, that preached the same thing 
about, oh, if you come to Christ, you will gain financially. Oh, no, that's, that's, not, that's not scriptural. That's not biblical. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We think we're so original. Yes. You know, we invented the prosperity gospel. Well, look at this. There's so many ways to go with this. Uh, let's start with this. So I was about to go to India to teach the Bethel series, and uh, uh, the pastor of a church in uh, um, Mumbai called me up, and we were talking about Christianity in India, and he said, uh, let me give you a link to someone who is preaching, and you can tell me what you think of this. And so he sends me this link, and I see this guy preaching in a huge auditorium. It looked more like an auditorium, actually, than a church, but he's up on the stage, and there are hundreds and hundreds of people in the audience, and he's speaking, interestingly, in English, and he's being translated into whatever the local language was, which, of course, I don't have a clue as to what that was. But he's speaking away, and he's talking about Jesus this and Jesus that and Jesus this. And I'm like getting into it because he's really a compelling speaker, and I'm listening and listening and listening. And then I realize, wait a minute, Jesus didn't say that. He was just making it up. He was saying things that Jesus might have said. And that was appealing to the audience because they didn't know any different. And the other part of it is, in a church like that, they tell people that the more money you give the church, the better your life will be. And it's, it's, it's horrible, actually, because they have poor people who are, who are ill or who need a new job, and they say, you know what, if you give us $2,000 to the church, we will, I'm sure that God will give you a good job, or I'm sure that God will cure your wife who has this horrible illness. It goes on and on. It's trading money for either health or wealth, and as if money is everything, and, and money's a marker of whether you're faithful or not. And the more money you have, you must be a better Christian. The whole thing works to exactly the opposite of Jesus, who came into the world with nothing, left the world with nothing. During his entire life, he owned absolutely nothing other than the clothes on his back. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. And I think it's, it, it brings up a point that we should uh, be driving home along with, you know, everything else that we do and with, with every message. And, that, you know, I hope that people are, that are listening to us are getting something out of this and enjoying it. But I would, I always would strongly recommend, in fact, I would insist, read your Bible, go to the mm -hmm. Word, go to the Word of God, go and pray to Him, ask Him, um, ask Him for discernment to, so you can understand when you aren't hearing the real thing. Uh, we've talked about this before. How do you spot... Um, a, a counterfeit, right? Mm -hmm. It's not by studying counterfeit, it's by studying the real thing. Because you <laughs> know the real thing so much, just like you did. When you heard that, you thought, Jesus didn't say that. Yeah. So you know it's a, it's a counterfeit message. And that was done, I would probably say, on purpose, uh, to, for financial gain, just what Paul is talking about here. But there's also times, and other times, where mistakes are made. So, you know, get into the Word of God and and find that out for yourself and you'll be able to discern what's what's real from what's not which is kind of what that's one of the things i think paul is talking about also with this letter yeah he is and it's interesting the way he talks about things in such a much fuller way than he might have talked about them you know when we were looking at churches in lake geneva and we went to a, a church that was fairly close to where we lived and i quite liked it actually i thought it was a compelling uh, uh, worship service and we went to one of their services where they had a guy who was a some sort of a car salesman and he was he was the head of the stewardship committee and he was explaining how as the more money he gave the church the more cars he sold it was just a easy to tell and all he had to do the more money he gave the church the more cars he sold it went on and on 
with this. And so he was being rewarded in car sales by how much money he gave the church. And, and everybody was nodding and, you know, excited about this. And I guess figuring out how much money they needed, how much money they needed to give to get it. It was like, it was like so off the wall and it was so accepted by everyone in the room. Isn't that interesting? That's a little frightening, but I, I've, I've seen that sort of thing mm-hmm. before also. Uh, and I think it goes back to that's what you have to be really careful about. This is It's a warning, right? It's not mm-hmm. money itself. It's the love of money. It's the pursuit of money. You're not to pursue money. You're to pursue God. Pursue God first. Look to Jesus first, always and every day. And, it, you know, this is one of these things, it's an easy temptation to fall into mm-hmm. because, you know, money is so desirable. It's it's human nature. But if you put God first, that's where you find contentment. That's where you find commitment. Now, he may bless you with money. You mm-hmm. might get a lot of money. But truthfully, most people can't handle money. Most people can't handle a great deal of money. God knows that. I, I just looked up an interesting statistic about okay. lottery winners. Okay, I want to be a lottery winner. I want to be I, a lottery I winner. I would be different than them. Whatever you're going to say, I'm going to say that I would be different. <laughs> How many people go bankrupt after winning the lottery? Oh, I can't imagine anybody. They get, they get money for life. They got money for life. They couldn't go bankrupt. This is impossible. 70% go Whoa. bankrupt. Whoa. 70%. Go bankrupt. Go bankrupt after winning the lottery. Yeah. And some non-zero number of those people commit suicide or are killed by their friends. That's another, that was a little sidelight <laughs> that I wrote, yeah, or I wrote, that I read about, about lottery winners also, that there have been, there have been suicides, unfortunately, and family members or friends who have plotted to kill the person to get their money. Wow. When there's a big pile of money in the middle of a table, otherwise intelligent, rational people act unrecognizable. That's the only way I can I can put it, and it's 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 that it's that love, it's that desire, it's it's that you want that money more than anything. Yeah, and you can't do that. You have to, you know, as your friend used to say, uh, you would do an eye bounce. He was talking about <laughs> scantily right. clad individuals, but uh, you know what? You, if if there's something that causes you to tempt, like do do an eye bounce. Oh nope, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to look at that. I I don't want to think about that. Put your put your eyes back on on God. Yeah, it's interesting. Money is an interesting thing. We don't we don't talk about it much. We certainly never say how much each of us earns or whatever. And I've had a a, a pretty good career that included various degrees of income. And I've got to say that every time I was in a place, I thought, you know what? If I just made a little bit more, if I made ten percent more, life would be easy. You know, I'd, it'd be easy for me. I could do all the things that I want to do. And sure enough. I would make 10% more or 20% or whatever. And you know what? Then I was saying the same thing. You know, if I only made 10 or 20% more, yep. when I focused on money, it was always about yep. a little more, a little more. It just never was enough. And and it was amazing to me how instantly you get used to one level of income and feel like you can't go backwards even one cent. You can't go backwards even yes. one little step. And it, it's the way money works. And if you're focused on money, you're never going to be satisfied because there never is going to be enough. You are correct. I can remember my first year out of college. I was in, I was doing what I wanted to do. We talked about this before. I was in broadcasting. So I was, I was actually on the radio um, as a disc jockey, playing music, loving life. It was, it was great. And that first year, I worked literally seven days a week. Uh-huh. I worked every holiday uh-huh. and I made just under $12,000. <laughs> 
And that, that, I, was that when twelve thousand dollars was like real money? Uh, no, well, not exactly. It was better than it was today, but it still wasn't. It wasn't all that much. It wasn't all that much. Now, thankfully, uh -huh. um, I was working all the time, so I didn't spend a lot of money because I, I could. I right, right. <laughs> I fed myself, but I, you know, I look back and th those are those are some great times, right. and you know, financially. It wasn't great at all. In fact, it was it was terrible. Uh -huh. But it, so that kind of goes to the thought of of you know it's what what brings joy. Mm. What brings joy? And a lot of people think, myself included, for a while. Oh, if I just make more money, because I would I would have these conversations with with people. There were some um, there were some some older Christians. My brother, my older my oldest brother. Uh, who who was who came to Christ uh, before before I did? We would have conversations. Oh, if I just made just a little bit more, and he'd just smile, and you know, because it's like he got that years before before I got that. Um, and there's still times where I think, boy, you know, a little bit money would be a little bit more would be nice, but the Lord's always provided. You know, yeah. the Lord's always provided, and always it hasn't always been in ways that I thought it would be, but the Lord's. The Lord's always provided. I've always, I've always, I've always had a, uh, been, been taken care of, been comfortable, and you know, if we're in, especially if we're in the United States, we're uh, we're fortunate. We're yeah. fortunate financially. Yeah, we are, but we, we don't see ourselves as that. No, because we compare ourselves to other people. We actually compare ourselves to the 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 uh, reflection of other people, not the reality of other people. And yes. so. So we are looking at people and you know saying, oh, yeah, he's so much better off than I am. He's able to buy a new car and be able to do this. I wish I could do that. How come I'm driving this junker? You know, it's we have all these things: this jealousy, this envy, all these bad things. Good, and and you know, it's not helping us. It's not helping us a bit. And we need to be focused on the Lord. And it doesn't matter how much money we have. We we come here with nothing. We're going to leave with nothing. And so, well, what what's the point of that? Uh, showing off for people we don't even like. I mean. We're going to have a nice new car so we can show off for people that we don't even know? Exactly. Is that the point? I hope right. not. Um, How much money did Steve Jobs take with him when he died? Yeah, he had a lot of money, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he had lots of money. He had lots of money. Yeah, the answer we know. Zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Zero. You know, and that's, I think this sort of helps too when mm -hmm. you think about, you think about things and you think, you know, what's, what's really, what's really important and what, what, what if, you know, you knew the date you were going to die. Mm. What if you had? What if you had a week left, a month, a year, whatever? How much? How much? How much money is really important at that point? Nothing. Nothing. Right. You know, it, going back to Steve Jobs, I don't know where he where he was or, or what he did. How much of his fortune would he have given up for another year? Oh, the entire thing. The entire thing. Absolutely. Then some. He'd given anything. Anything to to have more. So. Yeah. You know, what what's the what's the point? I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out and make a living and, and that that it's not nice to have nice things because because it is. But you just just don't make it a priority. Yeah. Just don't make it a priority. It can't be a priority. And and your Steve Jobs example is is good. I mean, if that's we're all gonna die at some time. So even if he was able to pay money and buy another year for some in some way, the fact of the matter is he's gonna spend eternity somewhere else. Right. And it where are you going to spend eternity? How, how's that going to work? And who do you want to be in eternity? Do you want to be this uh, rich guy uh, uh, being, uh, 
<laughs> being turned in a spigot, or do you want to be? <laughs> you want to spend eternity with the Lord in in heaven, and uh, that's the, that's the, that's the choice. And I, I, you know, we don't talk about that enough, but I don't think we think about that enough. We, it's, it's, we conveniently put that out of our minds, don't we? That, Absolutely. That we know it's it's at the end of the road somewhere for somewhere. all of us. Yeah. N- nobody has escaped it yet. Yeah. And, and and we think of it as some distant future, right? Right. In other words, no matter how old we are, we think, you know, it'll happen way in the future. I got an email just yesterday, actually, from a wonderful, wonderful person who was talking about how she and her husband were in kind of the last stages of their life. And it, it struck me that she was so real about that. And they're they're older than uh, than me. They're not, you know, remarkably old. And I hope they live a long time. But they're already planning like that because they know that eternity is more important than, you know, another two weeks here or whatever. And they're putting oh, yeah. their affairs in order so that they can be ready because they know that it's coming. And we need to do that. We don't know when. Nobody knows the day or the hour. But we know where. I pray we know where. Right. And it's an, it's an important thing. And it, you know, that sort of does change your perspective. You know, I mean, medical science can only yeah. do so much. Yeah. And, and is, is that what we're here for? We're here just to extend our lives. There is, that, is that the point that just to have a long, longer and longer and longer life? And are, are we meant to do some good here? Are we meant to have a meaningful existence while we're here helping other people? That's the standard by which I believe we're judges. How do we, how we helped other people? You right. know, what have you done for, for the least of these, my brothers and sisters? I mean, what have we done? Nothing. We've just taken care of ourselves and accumulated a bunch of money and that's that. That doesn't seem very satisfying. It's not. And it's really easy to do. It's yeah. really easy to do. You get the, you know, oh, I'm taking care of my family. I'm doing, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I think those are the people that are going to be completely unsatisfied. Tom, Tom Brady, after winning five Super Bowls, oh, is that all there is? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah. You, you it need is all to, there is. <laughs> there, it is. It is. Because this world... As someone put it, I can't remember where I heard it, but I thought that's 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 a good way to put it. This is merely a reflection. This is a reflection of eternity. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing, it's not counterfeit, but it's like looking in a mirror. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're looking in a mirror, we, we see one dimensional. When we mm-hmm. we're three dimensional, and so this world is a reflection of what it should be, could be, and is meant to be. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't. It's not the last stop. It's it's the launching pad. Yeah. And so m- most people, a lot of people, treat it like it's the last stop. And again, I understand how you can think that because we get caught up in our lives, but get some different perspective. Start putting God first in your life and let him change. Let him change you. And over time, he will. Yeah. Yeah. And and you have a much more satisfying life because if all we do is we're afraid of death, as if there's nothing worse than death, that's the only thing that we're focused on, then we're afraid of everything. And so many people today are afraid. Oh my gosh, I I hate seeing it. So many people are afraid of so many things, and we shouldn't be. You know, we're going to die sometime. I'm going to die in the next 10 seconds, or 10 years, or 20 years, or probably not 30 years, but (laughs) some number I have to stop. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Whatever it is, we're, we're meant to make it make a, a stand here for the Lord Jesus. We're meant to be this light in the world, and it's a dark world. Boy, we can certainly agree with that, I hope, that we live in a dark world, yes. and we're meant to be a light. We're meant to be a light one-on-one 
one of the things I, I love to do is to is I read scripture to to sort of place myself in the scripture and realize that when Jesus is talking, he's talking to individuals. He's not like talking to to people groups or whatever. He's talking one on one to people, face to face. That's what we're meant to do. We're meant to be a force for good, face to face with people in the world in which we live, our neighbors, people that we that we know, people that we don't know, people that we come across. We're meant to be a force for good in the world. And if we can do that, whether we live for the next 10 minutes or the next 30 years, we will have done a good job being here. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the, another thing too. If you, if you've been somebody who hasn't led a life that way, you know what? You can, you can start today. You can start today. God will work with you at where, wherever you are. Just knock, just knock on that door, ask him into your heart uh, and, and he will work. Uh, with what he has. He's pretty good at doing that. I mean, you know, the guy who wrote this letter, Paul, mm-hmm. um, out of all the sinners, he said himself, he was the worst. He he put Christians to death. He was a bad guy. He was a really bad guy. And now he he became probably the, the well, the, he was the chief advocate yeah. for, for Christianity during yeah. that time. Yeah, taking Christianity to the ends of the earth, yeah. which is um, from Acts. So, yeah, it's interesting. This has been fun. I've it had is. a nice time with this. You know, Pat and I started this podcast three years ago on a premise, and the premise was a quote from C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And that's what Pat and I believe, that this Christianity is in fact true, and therefore it's infinitely important. We all need to live our lives with that in mind. We can't be lukewarm about this. This is a world-changing, earth-changing, heart-changing faith that we have and that we're meant to spread it. We're meant to spread the good news far and wide. And I'm happy that you listened to this. I'm happy that you're that you're here right now. I pray that you will that you will be closer to the Lord because of it. If you're not a believer, I hope that you will become one. I hope that that this might be a little tap on the shoulder moving you closer to the person that you should be and could be. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your word that that deals with all the things that we deal with here today, that your word, although ancient, is fresh and new today. And as we talk about money, we have the same problems they had in the first century. We have exactly the same problems, the same, we are are not immune, we are jealous, we are all of these things that relate to money that we are not meant to be because money being the root of all evil, all kinds of evil, is not in and of itself a problem. We are the problem. It's the it's our it's our fallen nature that is the problem. Lord, will you help us to be better? Will you help us to lead people to you? And will you you bring us to the end? In Jesus' holy and mighty name, Amen. Amen.